Hi everyone, my name is Steve Tudor and welcome to The Friday Show. It's a show that feels immensely proud, privileged and excited to be a Manchester City supporter and no late capitulation in Madrid is ever going to change that. On today's pod, we'll be peeking through our fingers back on Wednesday's horror show, but mainly we're going to be looking ahead, onward and upward, to Newcastle and the Premier League. It's now the only competition that matters. In truth, it was always the only competition that mattered. We'll also be highlighting the many positives that are around right now, and joining me in what might well amount to an hour-long therapy session, I'm delighted to have with me two Friday favourites in the form of Liz and Howard. Hi Liz, great to have you back. Hello, how are things? I'm so glad my therapy bill is being paid for by this. <laughs> yeah, oh, you're charged by the hour. What was I thinking? Oh my God. <laughs> no, I need the therapy just as much. Well, the three of us can convene today and hopefully it'll be of help to listeners too. Um, so are you well and good? Uh, obviously Wednesday aside. Yeah, yeah, not not bad at all. Good, nice and busy at work. Looking forward to the weekend. Looking forward to Newcastle. A little bit terrified of Newcastle. Mm, same, same. Um, Howard, are you, how do we find you today? <laughs> yeah, well, it's Friday. Um, well, I'm proofreading a book, so. It's, and what, I don't what, know. what book is this? Uh, well, you won't know until next Friday when hopefully it's released. Right, okay. But it's both. A, it's, not, not, not even a teaser? Surely a no. teaser. Oh, okay. Well, the date's the teaser. Oh, so. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Just okay. work out what happened on that day, and you'll you'll work out a bit of it. But it's nice to be that close to the end. But it's also tedious work <laughs> yeah because i know i know there's spelling mistakes in there that i've just gone past because you just don't see them so but yeah I it's friday as well so yeah well i mean of course liz with your line of work you'll know it's more than anyone but it's crazy how sometimes you can actually go over a mistake twice i mean you find it on the third time it's like how have i made that same mistake twice but it's just the way the brain works isn't it i think one of the keys to it is actually printing it out hmm that's oh, what's it like a hard yeah. copy to be up yeah, right? Yeah. Okay. You'll see everything. I'm telling you, you'll see it all on the page. Yeah, go, I'm all about the environment, me. So. <laughs> <laughs> what about recycling? You can recycle, can't you? Well, the print, the printer, it costs more than my rent. So. Yes, <laughs> yeah, it's gone crazy. <laughs> I'll just have to uh, hope that I see most of the mistakes. So. Well, we will look forward to hearing all about the book next Friday. Um, until then, let's kind of look back on last Wednesday. Um, somewhat of a heartbreaker, uh, to put it mildly. Uh, I'll start with you, Liz. With a couple of days to process it now, should blame be proportioned anywhere or was it simply just a cruel twist of fate? I think it's more the latter. I can't really... There was a, there was actually a review in the Evening Standard yesterday by this guy who I won't name who sort of blamed Pep for the entire thing. And <sighs> I just thought that was absolutely outrageous uh, because he really didn't do anything wrong no. at all. He's been guilty in the past of doing things wrong, but he didn't do anything wrong at all. Um, I think it was just a very difficult situation that because of the first leg and because we didn't put them away because we let them off the hook, we've made a rod for our own backs for the second leg. And that sort of, yeah, it was almost worse, actually, because if we just, it had just been nil-nil and they'd got a goal and taken it to extra time, I don't think I'd have felt so bad. Mm. I think it was because Mares scored. And so I thought, oh my God, we might actually, this might, we might, it was like hubris, wasn't it? Yeah. I thought, oh, we'll actually do this. And then, you know, the couple of, uh, individual mistakes from tired players. I mean, these things do happen. And then suddenly, you know, yeah, it's all over. It was a, I felt quite numb afterwards and I didn't sleep well at all. 
Yeah, I felt really strangely numb, actually. Yeah, I, I surprised myself. I, I thought if someone had told me beforehand how it would play out, I would assume that I would be absolutely devastated. And of course I was, but how that transpired was just, yeah, there's a perfect word for it. I just felt kind of detached from it, strangely. <laughs> yeah, I said, felt better if we'd lost 3-0. Hmm. Mm. Well, because it's just how it happened, not what, it's not the fact we're out. It's, yeah. it's something way beyond that. Something like it's hard to, I can't, I can't process it. Yeah, you know, I'm not going to process it really. So, I think it made me realise how spoiled I am. You know, we've all become quite spoiled in the last decade. Whereas previous to the last decade, we've, been, we've all been City fans for decades, obviously. So we're used to in the past. We've been used to failure and pain. Mm. We sort of got used to that feeling, and yeah, oh, we've lost the home to Bury. Oh, you know. But this sort of we've kind of got, become a bit spoiled. So actually, something this shocking on this scale. On this level, just felt really kind of like, wow, the whole world has just watched this happen. It was really, really painful. And someone compared it to Gillingham, actually, which is interesting. Well, Steve, you've hinted at it in your tweet, I think, the other day. Mm. This competition seems to be a trade-off for everything else that happens. Because <laughs> I was going to say, these so kind of- many fine lines, not just Gillingham QPR, but the two title races with Liverpool... There's so many fine lines in there. Iheanacho missing that chance. Yes, Leicester. the ball over the line, not Maybe over the line. Maybe, yeah, you know, I mean, you could probably pick loads of little things Liverpool had that way, but there were so fine lines, and we came through every single time. Yeah, every single time there's a fine line at a crunch time in this competition, we fall down, and it's just like, well, we've had some amazingly great moments that rely on great, you know, very fine lines. And this, this competition, we've had exactly the opposite. And it's like, not everything goes your way. Yeah, I'm taking the same kind of fateful approach. However, I, I would say that we do have to look at certain elements of that kind of horrible minute. We do, yeah. Just- I, and basically just highlight how they could have been avoided at the very least and at the very most, you know, because it would be unfair to kind of proportion blame to an individual. But we could certainly point them out and say, what were you thinking there, mate? <laughs> For example, the first goal. Um, uh, kind of to each of you, I'll start with you, Liz. Edison to blame for that? Could he have done better? It was a very odd action, I thought, he took to, to to wait for the ball to come across when a player was basically in front of him and then just swing a wild arm up in the air. It was, it was odd goalkeeping, I, I would say. Yeah, it was. It was his fault. I mean, you know, he's an eccentric person and we sort of love that about him. And His skill set is so incredible that he adds so much to these things. But, you know, he's got a mistake mm. in him, like everybody does, like Alison does as well. Everyone's got a mistake. There was a really interesting interview with uh, Laporte in The Guardian uh, a few weeks ago in which he basically said, it was really, he's a very, very smart guy, yeah. in which he basically said, you know, you can find a mistake in every single goal. Every single goal's got, like, you can, if you want to do it and you analyse it, and some are more obvious than others, but, you know, yeah. That's Edison's fault for the first one. It's Diaz's fault for the second one. But the truth is we should have been out of sight long before that. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Um, my bugbear, the thing that sticks in my craw, the thing that I can't kind of shake is the fact that they scored so soon after the, after their first goal. And if we're 1-0 up or goal up against Brighton, we take it into the corner or we waste time or we'll just, we mm. could just eradicate a minute like that. And yet we've took a quick kick off and Edison punted the ball forward um, well, you've got to ask the question: How on earth are we kicking off that quickly, anyway? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we game managed the previous tie in Madrid brilliantly. Mm. I mean, utter, you know, shit houses basically, like Madrid are, <laughs> Atletico Madrid are. 
and would be brilliant at game management, you know, in the league and in yeah. big matches for ages now. I, it only occurred to him afterwards. How on earth did he score two goals in 80 seconds anyway? They shouldn't have the opportunity to do so. Yeah. And this thing that Edison did against you know? Liverpool, that, yeah, where he kicks the ball straight to the straight as well. It goes back to Edison and he kicks it upfield. It was all very strange in a way. There's it's a sort a, of human we, element to it all, isn't there? There's a sort of mm. like, there's a bit of shell shock going yeah. on in the moment yeah. where there's just, they're not quite thinking and you've got to have ice in your veins and all that. But there's a moment where you just think, oh my God, you know, we're in the burnabout, everyone's gone mad, you know, lots of our good players, no offence, are like off the pitch, you know, De Bruyne is off the pitch, Mahrez is off the pitch. There's a lot of experience missing in the middle that's just disappeared and, you know, they just, sometimes the universe really just does that to you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's, yeah there's the, I said on the review, I think, very briefly, in a way, Madrid have got the advantage here psychologically because they've got nothing mm. to lose because they're already losing. Hmm. So they can pull forward, and if they concede, don't matter. They were going out anyway. Whereas, we, I mean, you see it so many times: teams trying to protect something suddenly stop playing well, like they have been playing for seventy minutes. Especially when you see like an underdog away at a big side, they suddenly retreat and they start. It's just the psychology of it. And but yeah, we never retreated, Howard. Again, that's another weird aspect. When you look at that second goal, that their equaliser. We've got what four, four, four men in the box there, and um, from from across, we, we should be having seven, eight players in that box. You know, we should be packing that area. We should be making it as difficult as possible for them to kind of get a shot on or a header in this case on goal. So that's basics, isn't it? Sorry to sound like Fabian Delphair, but it really is basics. That <laughs> surely. Which basically that's what throwing away a game looks like. Yeah, yeah. And we don't see that very often. We're not really used to that. Just that complete crumbling of to nothing where we've actually, you know, let defeat happen to us. We were just on the cusp of victory and we've just thrown it away in 90 seconds. And it really feels very shocking. That's why we're also numb. There was a moment, I believe it was about a minute before they got their first goal. I, I may be completely wrong here because I haven't been able to watch it back. I just can't bear to watch it back. But uh, when Cancelo has got the ball in space on the, on the uh, right and he decides to kind of just fling a cross in. And... Yeah, at that point, I had no, you know, I couldn't believe it. Rio would go on to score two goals in the last few minutes. Yeah, but it was eighty-seven minutes up. was it? And and I was just thinking, what on earth are you doing, mate? You, you don't, you don't ever do that. Ordinarily, like I say, if we were up against Brighton or whoever, that would be a nice, straightforward, short pass to the right back or to a, um, whoever's playing on the right there, and just take it into the corner. And yet he, he just took this speculative cross in. So it was even before we conceded that we were just playing so unlike ourselves. Um, and yeah. it's Cancelo, who is three yards behind the rest of the defence mm. for the chip for their equaliser. And it's Cancelo who, at one all does a, an impossible chip ahead of Foden that gives the ball away for 2-1. I'm not going in for the blame game. No, no. Uh, no. You know, in two minutes. I mean, we this is a tie where we led from the second minute of the first tie to the 90th minute of the second hmm. leg. It's just crazy and unexplic- inexplicable in a way. What about that yeah, statistic little about things Walker? like that normally just giving the ball was, away. Yeah, you sorry, wouldn't say thought- anything. But, uh, yeah. what, what Liz said there about kind of Kyle Walker that is was it 72 minutes yeah that's completely yeah. wild he's been on the pitch for 72 minutes in the entire both legs we've let in all six goals while he's off the pitch yeah mm. so, so Howard does that suggest to you then that you know that was obviously a, a factor we can't do anything about but losing Kyle was so significant wasn't it yeah but you know 
you boil it down, we're, we're two goals ahead going into the 90s minute, yeah, the second yeah. leg, and everything that goes before then becomes kind of irrelevant. So, yeah. and if you lose a player, yeah, one player should not derail us like that. I think Cancelo's been better on the left anyway. Mm. But there's, yeah, there's, there's just everything that goes before it does become irrelevant when, when you end up at that stage, which, you know, and perhaps I think putting the board up for six minutes might have had a psychological effect as well. Mm. If we just stop that first one, that I mean, we could pour over this for weeks, can't you? Playing in your head, what if, what if, what, what if this had happened? Blah blah. But honestly, if that first one hadn't happened and the board goes up for six, yeah, I think it's just totally different. And yet, and yet, they almost get a third after the second goal. Yeah, they yeah, almost yeah. get a third, yeah. and it's like well, so. Fine, many, it's all psychological score. for me. Yeah, all yeah. psychological. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Grealish was fantastic. By the way, I just want to really, really say, Grealish yeah. was himself for the first time I've seen for us. That's the yeah. player who I saw playing for Villa for all those years because he had no choice. He basically came when he had no choice but to spend half an hour going mad attacking, and that's what I want from him. He's very, very unlucky there not to score two goals. The second period of, of extra time basically felt like there was about two minutes of football played. Um, it was just stop, start, stop, start, and there was no kind of rhythm, and City weren't allowed to. That's how you see out games, and that's how we've seen out games in the past. And yet, on this occasion, we just forgot ourselves. We, yeah. That's that's all I can kind of try and make sense of it by by just saying that really that we forgot who we are. Um, but kind of looking ahead with Newcastle on the horizon and obviously a must win. Liz, are you, are you fearful of the result having a psychological impact on this team? Completely. That's my main fear because, you know, no offence to the Champions League, but we don't care that much, do we? Oh. Not really. I mean, we care in a sort of, in a sort of, you know, macro sense because we've got Real Madrid and it's good for the club and it's what the hierarchy wants and all that. But the truth is the Premier League is the bread and butter of this club. It's week in, week out for 10 months a year. That's your prize. And so now... I'm terrified we're going to crumble again in the last four games of the season. Not going to lie. I'm absolutely terrified. Do you think that could, or do you think that will happen, Howard? Oh, I've no idea. But I'm actually can't wait now. Right. I'm not terrified. I'm, I want to know. <laughs> so, right. Normally it's like, oh, another big game in three days. It's like I'm getting nervous again. I'd happily, I'd happily have the game kick off now. Yes, yeah, so I mean, I that's what players say. That's what players yeah. say as well, don't they? They want to get as soon as you've had a really bad defeat, you just can't wait mm. to play again. I mean, not really because they need four days rest. <laughs> I mean, some have <laughs> played 120 minutes, but uh, you know, in a yeah, in theory, I'd, I'd I just want the game to arrive and I want to see that reaction and I want a great atmosphere at the ground. And we've got four teams who don't have anything to play for. <sighs> How the players felt when they went off in the dressing room, how they felt on the way home the next day is irrelevant. Yes. They've got till Sunday to yeah. like go go again. And I, I, am conf- I am confident that when they step out on that pitch and the fans get behind them, what happened the previous week will be erased. I, I'm they hoping. They just focus now. They know they've got to in this league and they'll be utterly focused on that. Yeah. So, no, I'm not terrified. I am slightly concerned because obviously it's an issue. There. It's obviously an issue that it's it's hard to get it out of your mind. Well, not the fact they lost, it's how it happened. It's mm. going. It, how, they can't just get rid of that feeling. The dejection would have been immense. But four days is long enough for them to 
turn it around, get focused, the manager will get them focused and go out there and do the business. Yeah, I was going to say, that's the manager's job. Yeah. That's, his, yeah. that's Pep's job this week. You know, the players to come back and what, how they would have felt on the plane coming home and, you know, not sleeping that night probably. And, you know, it won't have been good. They'll have felt terrible and they won't want to feel like that again. So it's the manager's job to make them absolutely ready for Sunday. And once they start playing, it'll all be fine probably. I'd like to think from an individual aspect, each player will be angry at this mm. point. Maybe mm. today, maybe yesterday that wasn't the case, you know, but I hope that the despondency would change to anger and a case of just as, as if he weren't determined enough to win this league, now just be hell-bent on winning this league. Because, as we'll, we'll kind of touch on uh, momentarily, but kind of if we don't win this league, then their whole season has just been wasted and all of the amazing things that they've done and the amazing things we've seen will basically be reduced purely to memory only. So I hope it turns to anger um, and I expect it to turn to anger. These are winners. These are This is a team who has won three Premier League titles. You don't win pre- three Premier League titles unless you've got a really strong mentality, a winner's mentality. So that's what I'm hopeful for. Um Okay, just kind of before we move on then, um, to to, to each of you, I'll start with you, Howard. How do you feel about the loss now? Not not so much what happened, but the fact that we've lost. How do you feel about that? No, I can't get past what happened, so... (laughs) Right, okay, fair enough. And nothingness, honestly. I'd just... I'd prefer us just to be rubbish. Uh, It's just a crazy few minutes, and... I don't know. Just every every day I wake up and I've forgotten it a bit more, and that's the only way it is now. All about beating Newcastle, but yeah, you know, win the league. Then it's a summer and it's long forgotten. Yeah, it it's hard to process it really because it's just so ridiculous. And yeah, so many thoughts play out. Like, how on earth did Grealish not score twice? Mm. How on earth did he clear it off the line and it hit Foden and still didn't go in? And what if we taken those chances? And but yeah, you can go on for hours and hours and hours. How do Real Madrid keep doing this? It's why could we just have won one fight? Yeah, you can just go on forever thinking about the ifs, buts, and maybes, and it doesn't achieve anything really, does it? So, no, I, I just time with that throughout our whole lives, we've had terrible feelings, highs and lows following your football team, and all you do is let time <laughs> dissipate that feeling. I mean, there was so look. Let's look at the positives now. We haven't got a three-week media campaign leading up to a game against Liverpool. Yeah. Uh, the thought of losing to them, you know, we, this wasn't a final. I mean, if we'd done this in a final, I'd feel somehow even worse. But, of course, we still could have got... We still had another tough match and we could have lost to Liverpool in a final and feel even worse than we did this Wednesday. Though, of course, the flip side is, you know, if we'd beaten Liverpool, that would have been... I mean, the feeling would have been beyond euphoric. It would mm-hmm. have been astonishing. If buts and maybes, it's happened. Uh, there's no real way for me to process such a, you know, to go in this way. And you just have to let time deal with that, I'm afraid. So. Yeah, it's kind of like an accelerated form of grief, isn't it? Losing a big game. Um, and I don't say that lightly. It really does feel that way sometimes. It is a case of, you know, one day gets better after the next day. And, um, the plus side is we're bloody good for most of it, and maybe that's why we feel even worse. Yeah. We absolutely, I mean, they came back strongly in bits of the second tie, but of course, the thing is, we are so much better at this competition now, and maybe again that makes it worse. If 
we we are. I keep saying we are. Maybe we are cursed. Maybe that Yaya Torre curse is alive or something. <laughs> uh, obviously, I don't believe in stuff like that. But we're so much better placed that honestly, it's going to take some appalling luck for, for us not to win this at least once in the next few years. Yeah. Um, Liz, do you feel the same way? Do you think that it's kind of, I wouldn't say inevitable, but it's highly likely that we, we could put this to rest in, in seasons to come? I don't know. I think, you know, victories are sweeter because we do them together and defeats are more painful because we experience them together and our therapy session's going very well. And <laughs> I'd, I'd, I think the thing, I was thinking about it before because you were talking about your mystery proofreading project, which is that what I'd actually really like <laughs> to think about is 2012 for a second because I'd be really interested to hear your, rec- your recollections of what that day was like ah, for you. We both you've of you worked the it match. out then. A <laughs> <laughs> little bit, a little bit, but I was just thinking about 2012 and, and how much I'd, you know, w- were you at the match? Yeah. Well, how it was, I was, I was, yeah. I was yeah. in a pub around the corner from the ground. Um, yeah. Uh, where were you, Liz? I was actually, it's a whole sort of thing. I was, I was, I was, I lived in Finsbury Park at that time. Um, and I, there was a lot going on with my family. My mum was um, terminally ill with cancer. Oh. And uh, the football was really the only thing that was keeping my dad and I going at all. Mm. Uh, after we was, ma- I, me and my aunt were making these day trips up to the Christie um, uh, every two weeks, I think, to do these God. chemo things and all that. So it was really, really, you know, like, Oh, the football, I don't think it will ever be that important again. I don't no. think so. And so, yeah, what happened was is that the on, a, was it two weeks? Was it the 14th? Is that what it was? 13th, I think. 13th. It was the, th- so it was the, th- it was yeah. the 13th and I was, uh, uh, I thought, oh, we're going to balls this up. That's what I thought. I thought, well, it's bound to happen. And obviously it's going to happen. And um, Anua was playing for QPR that day and I just thought, come on, Ned, give us a penalty. You know, yeah. we can do it, you know. Um, and then when, before Jekko scored, I was just lying on my bed just going, this is just so typical. This is just so typical. And then he scored and I don't, I didn't get up because I thought, well, this is even crueler now. They were now like a goal away from... And then when it happened, all I remember is just bouncing up and I started crying. And the tears were streaming down my face and I was begging the referee, I was, please blow the whistle. Please just blow the whistle. And he blew the whistle. I was crying and my dad called me. We were screaming and crying. And without telling them, I got a ticket uh, to Euston and I got on the train an hour later. And I showed up in time for match of the day. (laughs) And I opened the door and that was my... I was like what are you doing here? You know, that's crazy, you know. So I watched much of the day and we had a sort of relatively normal sort of thing and she died two weeks after the match. Well, Liz, that was... So, yeah, that's it. That's my 2012. Blimey. I, and yeah. Yeah, and, and frankly, I, and I don't like it when people say this in, in kind of referring to football, but I'm going to say this anyway because it feels so pertinent. That really does put everything in perspective, you know, yeah. the Real Madrid game and, and us I talking about thought, a man, I... football match. You know, it's like, I, you know, I grew up in the 80s, you know, I never thought City would win anything, mm. you know, so the, and I remember watching, you know, just before I moved to, to London, I watched United win the treble. Um, and you know what, that's all they've, if you, if, listen, if Liverpool win the quadruple, I will laugh because United, that's all they've got left, <laughs> yeah. right? That's the memories is all they have and the treble is all they talk about. And if that goes away, they are finished. So that's quite funny. But to actually see them, you know, going down Market Street on the open top bus and all that, I thought this will never happen to me. Mm. I will never mm. get to see this. So that 2012, going to see all this sea of blue, just this beautiful, like 
tens of thousands of fans and I just thought wow you know this is like one of the great moments of my life and my mum was really ill and yeah so it was that was big so that 2012 nothing will ever be better than that well my book's a fictional account of real events and without knowing it you've somehow pretty much narrated a lot of it (laughs) really including one of the backstories and something else really oh my god that's amazing wow I'm sure I'm not the only one that's there's loads of people like that, but there's loads of like, there's loads of fans who said, "Oh, you know, that was my dad, and he died just." Yeah, you know, there's quite a lot of fans who said that sort of thing. I think, but yeah, it was it was mad. It was a mad couple of days. It was a great moment actually getting up, getting off the train and just showing up in yeah. in, crump, in Crumpsall, <laughs> like you know, like, like nine p.m. and my dad just opened the door, going, "What are you doing here? This is amazing!" You know, <laughs> so great. I should say at this point that next Friday, obviously it's the 10th anniversary of Night 320, um, next Friday we've got a special Friday show, of course, how could we not? So we're going to try and do a preview pod separate to that, um, but look out for our Night 320 pod. Um, but no story is going to top that, Liz, it was, <laughs> um, and thank you for sharing that. Sure. Um, it just all tumbled out, that's what happens sometimes, I guess. Mm. And, you know, I said after that day, oh well, we've, we've had so much luck. That's yes. Look, I was going to say the same uh, thing. I'll, I'll never, I'll never ask for anything again. Yes. But of course, by the start of next season, I'm already whinging again, <laughs> and it doesn't make Wednesday any easier to take. So no. I'm sorry. Yeah, Wednesday, it, you you still hurt. You know, even whatever fortune you've had in the past, you still hurt after a game like Wednesday because oh, yeah. that's what being a football fan is about. Yeah, it's uh, what life is about. You could win the lottery, couldn't you? And then ten years later, if you stub your toe, it still bloody hurts. You know, it's kind of, that, that is what, you know, that, that's life, isn't it? It's, but I, I was going to say exactly the same thing, Howard. When that happened, that amazing day, something inside of me just thought, well, that's it, I'm complete. You know, no matter what happens now, it'll hurt or it'll feel great, but nothing will ever compare to this. And nothing has ever compared to it. So, mm. But, yeah, but you take away from, you know, the result itself. I think for those that won't, they were planning to go to Paris as well. You know, I would have had to do some very creative financing <laughs> yeah. to go there. So at least I've avoided that. But for those going as well, it, it hurts because there's a huge experience gone as well. And, you know, on 90 minutes, I was, I almost texted the WhatsApp, you know, I'm staying at a Bagsy Asan's couch, you know, <laughs> in Paris. It's like, I mean, we were obviously going to Paris. I mean, I literally, you know, if I had money, I'd probably have been booking something before the match had finished, you know, to get ahead of people. It was it's when it's so, so close, another experience, you know, because football is about So it's your fault then. That's hubris. It's your fault. <laughs> I didn't actually, yeah, yeah. I didn't, I didn't send that message on WhatsApp because, you know, I am cautious. I'm not one to get ahead of myself, but I almost did because there was no way we weren't going through it. Having yeah. snatched away like that, it's just... On, yeah, on, it's, um, it's football, isn't it? So it's the, the glory of football. In like 85th minute, maybe, I was just thinking, oh my God, I'm going to have so much work on that week. You know, I'll be kind of here, there and everywhere, right? And if it's City Liverpool in the Champions League final, my workload will just be... And that's a Champions League semi-final I'm watching with my team in it, and I'm just mm. completely assuming that we're through to the extent where I'm thinking about work commitments. Um, so it was quite a gear shift, you know, five minutes later. But yeah... Let's hope there isn't a gear shift on Saturday. Let, oh, sorry, Sunday. Let's hope it's as straightforward as they come. I cannot see that, I'm afraid. But um, we'll get a to gear that. shift on Saturday night would be great. Oh, well, yes. that'd be great. I don't. I mean, look, it's Spurs. 
And Spurs yeah. are very, they're very Spursy. They, they do Spurs? score at Anfield, though. I, I've just yeah. done a preview of it, and they haven't won there for since 2011. But they do tend to score. They do tend to cause some problems. And ah, just just a draw would be amazing. Um, and Kane and Son are on fire. So they've scored 18 goals and 10 assists in the last 12 Son games. Son in particular. Son yeah. in particular. I mean, my God, I can't believe he went for Kane. I'd have moved heaven and earth to buy Son. Yes. I think he's fantastic. Well, he's, he's won the Man of the Match award um, four times in his last six games, so yeah. he, he is on fire. He's yeah, it's not happening, but yeah, no, it's not. Yes. L- lovely discussion. Yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Liverpool are not going to let this slip. Not a chance on. Not a no, chance. We have to win our four remaining games, starting yeah, course, with which Newcastle. we should. If if we do turn up, if the you know if they get over Wednesday, yeah, we win the four games. But who? What will? The lineup be Howard. Uh, I'll start with ah. you on this. Um, so Stones is a serious doubt. I mean, yeah. I've just looked on the website now. It gives him a twenty-five percent chance of featuring, probably even then from the bench. So no. we can essentially rule out Stones. Um, Walker's out, of course. There's going to be a lot of weary legs in that squad, and a lot of dejected players. No matter how kind of angry they are right now, uh, will Pep go for a refresh? Do you think? Do you think there'll be differences from the lineup on on Wednesday? Yeah, there's got to be rotation, haven't there? I mean, essentially there's no way of knowing because the players that played 120 minutes just have to be assessed. Mm. But people like, did Bernardo Silva play the entire? Yeah, seemed to. I don't. I can't remember him coming off. Oh, uh, yes. He... Uh, no, he didn't go off. Uh, yeah, because I just remember a quote about Bernardo Silva. He's always knackered for two days and then back to normal on the third day. So... But 120 minutes is obviously yeah mm. an extra thing. Phil Foden, probably another player who could easily, you know, should be back to his young, his vibrant, should be back to his best. Kevin De Bruyne came off early, but I don't, you know, he looked knackered. So mm. I don't know why, because, you know, uh, yeah, he's rested. Game. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yes, Sterling, Grealish, uh, two obvious ones, I think, to play. Uh, who else? I don't. I don't know. Gundogan might come in. Sinchenko is obviously uh, more likely to play now with Walker out. So little changes there, and perhaps I, is Ake. He's, he's, he's available. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You never know with Ake because he's always limping off recently, and then he's uh, in the squad the next game. So he could come in for one of Laporte. Or yeah, it would that surprise me that much if he came in for one of Laporte or Diaz. Mm. Other, yeah, otherwise, you just it's seeing who's got the fitness, who's got 100%. Cancelo left back, do you think? Well, who's at right back then? Uh, sorry, did I say left back? Sorry, I meant right back. <laughs> you know, you'd think so, yeah. It was yeah. Chanko at left back. And I say maybe Ake comes in, but Rodri can play. Yeah, Greeley Sterling, I think, are obvious starters. And Foden, Phil Foden and Bernardo, I hope they do start. Uh, yeah, they should be back to full fitness by Sunday. Yeah. Mm. Uh, not that, yeah, not that many options because of those that can't play. So, yeah, I would. I just want the stronger side that's fully fit. So, yeah, whatever that may be. Um, Liz, how big a miss is Kyle? Given that Saint Matterman, you know, he does a lot of his work down the left hand flank. Um, he's just you know blistering pace. Um, Cancelo there. Well, it's, it's obviously the obvious choice. He's the only choice really, but. 
Is that a concern for you? I mean, it's, it's not just on that right, is it? It's a fact that he offers so much insurance, Kyle Walker. You know, it, it means that we can play how we play and then should a team quickly break against us, we've got a player at the back there who is the fastest player in the Premier League. So he's a huge loss, isn't he? Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, so Maximan's a really interesting kind of mercurial, unpredictable player. Sometimes it just looks like a world beater and sometimes loses the ball. It's a bit like Sterling in a sort of interesting way. But, I, you know, I think he can be taken care of. There's this, they've got this guy in the middle called Guimaraes who's actually been incredible form yeah, yeah. like, really recently yeah. and he's a sort of person to watch. And, you know, you'd have to think, I mean, you know, quite a lot of our players will be quite tired after the 120 minutes, you know. Um, how long did Fernandinho play for? He could probably play a part. I thought he was great yeah. when he came on. So he was good. Um, you know, I think Gundogan will start. I think Grealish will start. I think Sterling will start. Um, I don't know about both Ake and Zinchenko. You've got to make, be wary of making too many changes. But I thought Bernardo was actually the man of the match uh, on Wednesday. I thought he was incredible. Um, I thought Morris was incredibly poor and he scored an amazing goal and did nothing else. And Kevin was definitely not himself. He's had a very long season. And he was he really injured, tired. Liz? Because it just didn't make sense so. that, he, that he would look that tired. I mean, just, he looked you know. exhausted. How many games have we played? Like 50 or something? Mm. We played about 50 games. And you've got to remember, he had COVID as well a few yeah. months ago. You know, he also got a bad ankle injury. He got his face smashed in. I mean, he's had a rough year, poor Kevin. So I think he, you know, he just looks really tired. And, you know, uh, I think Gundogan can run the show in midfield pretty much and we'll keep him on the bench. But I don't want to make too many changes because then Newcastle will think we're being disrespectful and we'll probably try even harder. So yeah. uh, we've got to, it's quite a balance that. Um, well, Newcastle have never won at the Etihad in the league. Um, how can you see them rectifying that on Sunday? To what extent have they improved under Howe? Yeah, uh, Howe's... I mean, that Kamara is, is obviously a, it's a joy to watch. Sign. It really is. I, I won't I enjoy watching him on Sunday, but normally yeah. I love watching him. Well, I did wonder who they could attract because they had a big chance of going down. and Who wants to sign for a team that could go down? I, was, mm. I assume there was release clauses and stuff. I don't know. Uh, it's essentially organisation that he's brought and see succeeding let's be obvious uh, you know let's just say a bang average manager oh yeah yeah (laughs) he's not an elite manager himself how but you know he has brought something there yeah like Trippier has been you know great sign but he's been injured most of the time uh, would not had a great impact so really you know not a huge change in the playing. You've got Dan Bird at the back, brought some organisation. But a lot of the players aren't really that different, are they, that they're putting out. So he's just brought, he's brought hope and organisation and just, yeah, the better system. Yeah. <sighs> also keep your eye on Fabian Cher as well. Mm. He's yeah. a guy who's uh, like always seems to bang a few headers in. Yeah, so when they get any corners and stuff, I think, you know, someone's going to have to just make sure he doesn't score. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 he was injured I, against Liverpool, but I think he's okay, and I hope he's not. Obviously, it's hard to, it's hard to kind of assess Newcastle because their last two games yeah. have been Liverpool and Norwich, so you can't, yeah. you know, neither of those games are typical well, of how they're going to play or whatever it is. They weren't great against Liverpool because nobody is, and they were great against Norwich because they're bottom of the table, you know. So Norwich, it, yeah. it's quite hard to say. I mean, you know, they're a bit of a surprise package. I mean, at least we're at home. That's all I can say. Well, that's it. No, uh, they won. I think Newcastle survival was. Was on the back of I think six home wins on the row. Yeah, yeah. Uh, now, of course, we've won four nil there this season, but that was a long, long time ago. Uh, it is hard to assess them. It really is. How up for it will they be? I don't know. They'll just play their game, I guess. They don't have. They want to keep winning. They want to impress. They 
maybe a lot of the players think they're playing for the future next season because exactly. yeah. they're going to have an active summer, aren't they? <laughs> let's be honest, in the transfer market. So they're not just going to be on the beach, and but they're away from yeah, it's hard to gauge because it's been mostly, it'll be a, a tough match. But again, as always, like Leeds previous week, like all the previous games, like you know, we said the seven cup finals and the six cup finals, it's depends what City turn up. City are on fire and up for it and focused and now like have got over Wednesday. They should win this game comfortably. It's that simple. And if they're not up for it, then we've got big problems because Newcastle that- are good enough to take advantage of that. My game isn't this. I mean, it's the away games at Wolves and West Ham that are really mm. those. That's the real stuff. I mean, we should be okay at home, hopefully. Uh, but that's going to be hard. Wolves and West Ham's going to be hard. So, what about score prediction for Sunday? Um, I'll start with you, Liz. I would never. No, I can't. <laughs> I, I can't do it. It's just it's, you know, I, I, you know, the, the too much of the tempting fate there. I think it would be you know, uh, no, I can't. I can't do it. I just I can't do it. I'm allergic. I'll do it for you, Liz. I will. <laughs> I've. I've <laughs> 2-1, but quite a comfortable 2-1, I would go for. Howard? Is there such a thing? I know. Well, what I mean is 2-0, and then, oh, God, even that wouldn't be comfortable if you got a late goal back, because it'll just bring Wednesday all back again, wouldn't uh, it? Yeah, West Ham at home was a comfortable 2-1, because they got their one <laughs> in with the last kick of the game. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, I'd guess in 3-1 I'll go for. Okay. Right, well, let's before we kind of wrap things up today, let's end on a high note. Um, I want to hear from each of you kind of the positives from this season because it felt so doom and gloom, obviously, on Wednesday night and ever since as well. Um, but as you said right right from the top, Liz, we're spoiled. We are spoiled in, in a sense of, of supporting this incredible, extraordinary football team. Um, so what makes them incredible? What makes them extraordinary? Particularly with emphasis on this season and the last kind of year. Um, Liz, what are what are reasons to be cheerful uh, in supporting Manchester City? Oh God, you know what what what's the alternative, as they say? You know, <laughs> like I could, <laughs> even if we were terrible, we would still be there. No, I think you know um, <laughs> Diaz actually making all the difference in defence is just so huge. Yeah, that's huge every single week for us. Um, I think we need to strengthen and left back, uh, and when we do that, I think that defensive solidity will propel us forward. I, you know, I do think I actually think Rodri. This season, could, you know, arguably, he could be player of the season. I think mm. he makes such a difference on the pitch every week. I mean, he's just what he does, and he does it so incredibly well. I think Rodri is at that position. I think he's absolutely one of the best in the world. Um, also, I think, you know, when you think of David Silva leaving and how sad we all were and all that, to actually see Bernardo just step in and mm. play that role, but slightly different, not quite the same, but nevertheless, just his mastery. He ran rings around Real Madrid. All night. It was just, I think he's absolutely wonderful. Truth is, I'm actually really looking forward to next season. Sounds odd, but I think we will make a stride forward if we buy a striker next season. And I'm really looking forward to see what happens with that. Um, Especially as Kevin sort of gets into his 30s, that sort of thing. So I think, you know, seeing Foden as well and his progress has been really, really wonderful. I think we'll see the best of Grealish next season as well. And, I, you know, there's always so much, we're very lucky. We're extremely lucky to, to be fans of this team. We very, you know, I never thought I would ever look at these guys and think, wow, these are my, this is, yeah, this is my team. Look how good they are. You know, I never thought that was possible. You know, in the days of, you know, like Michelle Vonk, you know, Jamie Pollock, you know, Lee Bradbury and no offence, you know, those Whoa. days of watching those players, you just thought, blimey, you know, this is as good as it gets, you know. Leave, this leave Terry Cook. <laughs> 
I thought you, you were going to stick up for Bradbury there. I was so confused. <laughs> you know, we had some le- we had real leaders back then, like Andy Morrison, obviously. Mm. But there were definitely, you know, we've you know we've watched some rubbish. All of us, we've watched some right rubbish. So this team is remarkable, and our manager, we are. He's the greatest manager in the world. I still can't even believe he's at my club. Wonderfully said. Well, I've got nothing to add, really. Well, I, actually, there is one thing I'd add, which is a kind of almost a contradictory um, kind of positive to the one you put forward, which I actually agree with. But yeah, next season we will be better with a striker. But I've just loved the, how far we've come and how well we've done without a striker. I mean, we've just reimagined football. Um, that is one of the, the most kind of entrenched kind of norms in football that you have a centre forward. And we've done all of this without one. And, and I just I just love what that kind of says about Pep Guardiola, that he is a visionary and, you know, he, he just sees things differently. Um, regarding our defence this season, 62.5% of our league games have been clean sheets, which means that this is our meanest defence we've ever had under Pep. We reached Champions League semi-finals now as the norm. Okay, it hurt like hell that we, we exited at that stage, but we reach them now. Um, whereas at one stage, those in themselves were, were the holy grail. And yeah, as you said, Liz, Phil Foden, Palmer, a host of brilliant kids coming through learning on the pep. The future is very bright and very blue. Um, Howard, anything to add? Uh, yeah, a negative, basically. That is <laughs> Thanks. A, positive, <laughs> a negative that links into what you've just said. Uh, the negative being when we didn't sign a striker last summer, hmm. I always felt like this season we were going to be treading water. Mm. And that the false nine thing is making do. It's not revolutionary. It's something when we have strikers, we will still use. But I think we've been making do without having a striker. And because of that negative, that, and I feel it, it could cost us this season, the positive is it's going to be resolved and we're going to be even better, much better, I think. In the coming, and I felt this like six months ago. I was already thinking we'll start next season stronger than we start this one. Yeah, uh, that we'll be in this one because Harland's almost certainly done. Uh, it must be ninety percent plus. Pep's about to sign a new contract. That's highly likely. Alvarez, an unknown striker, highly rated. That's yeah. exciting. The youth players. I don't think we get the left back ever. Uh, but, <laughs> but hey, we might get another midfielder in as well. There's issues over players that go, but I think the squad will be refreshed and the squads need to be refreshed, even if you don't agree with the players going. Yeah. So Jesus, Sterling, yeah, they're not, they're not obvious ones that, well, they should go, to be honest, but squads will come back with an exciting squad next season with real firepower and the future's just gets brighter and brighter and I think the final of the Champions League at last that song that we started singing many over a decade ago really we were just uh, ahead of our time it's about 2023 because <laughs> is it better we don't get to the final this year in 2023 the Champions League finals in Istanbul so Istanbul we are coming with Pep on a new contract Haaland up front Grealish in his second season, youth players coming through. Yeah, we'll just have to wait a year for that Champions League glory. So. You know, well, by the so. way, the ma- uh, the manager actually will stay the longer we don't win the Champions yeah, League. Yeah, yeah, I, I can So that, let's yeah. just not win it and have him stay for the next 20 years. <laughs> That's fine by me. Um, both of you, thank you so much for joining me today. It, it's, it has been a really 
handy therapy session. Thank you very much, Liz. Such a pleasure. Thank you. Thanks, Howard. Yeah, enjoyed that. Thanks. That's a wrap for today, folks. We're off to get a refund on that Eurostar ticket bought in haste. In the meantime, take care of yourselves, be well, and forever up the title-winning blues. <laughs>